This week on the Open Nesters Podcast with Julie Reisler. Hopefully transmitting to my children is to follow your, your inner wisdom, to follow your heart uh, guidance, like follow that because it won't, it won't lead you astray. And if it tells you, if it really tells you like, hey, maybe it's not for you to go to college. Maybe you take a few years off. Maybe you travel. Maybe you work with an nonprofit, whatever it is. I, I just... I think for me, what's important is to share and to teach, you know, I don't have all the answers for them, but they do. Welcome to the Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act Three of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Julie Reisler. This is a real treat for me. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you could make the time with your busy life now. And I really bringing out, I know you also find space for yourself as we discussed earlier. So tell us a little bit about what brought you where you are today as we discuss this transitional time of being an open nester rather than an empty nester and how that may relate to you and what you think of that. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Even the word open feels very different than empty. And I'm a I'm a fan of words. I think it's my top love language is uh, words of affirmation. So right away, I go to open and openness. And I think, um, you know, a lot of what I do now, it's all about this idea of being your higher, you know, highest self, your USU. And to me, to, to be living in that alignment with, for me, it's the divine. I have a different word every, every day, but that, that means having an, you know, an openness in my heart, in my mind, in my body to be um, really in tune, to be listening for what is that higher guidance. And so um, I think through a lot of, a lot of U-turns in the past, you know, leaving a marriage that was really good person, but, but just not a great energetic fit for me, leaving a corporate day job when I was a single mom to start my own business, um, you know, health breakdown, a lot of these things that I think could have been defining moments um, and created stories that could have kept me really stuck in, in that empty place um, through a lot of inner work and support. I don't believe doing life alone. Um, it's really helped me to be more open and open-minded and open-hearted. And so, you know, today, especially during the last year or so with a lot of things changing, I actually think in some ways, some of the blessings of this time has been um, more of a focus on what, how, how do I want to use this open space and time to create and what does that mean and what does that look like and what does that feel like and just getting more in tune, I think, in the inner, with my inner world, my inner self, um, 
I don't know if that answered it, but I, I love the word sure. open. Sure, I loved how you answered it. And so you mentioned you're at a stage now and your children are, you are almost an open nester. You have one child at home. So one's in mid high school and one left, right? Two, I actually, they're two, but they're, they're like, two together, but they're in their teens. And it's, I mean, it goes so fast. So and they're not with me every week um, because I switch on and off with my former husband, but we're, we're getting there. It's not far off. And I, I can get that sense already. And it's, it's really interesting. It's a big shift. I can already feel it. And the idea of dreaming of this time for you and for them is a transitional time in itself. So what, what kind of things have you learned that you think you're going to be passing on from you personally, about your communication with them, how you hope, what your vision for for them, or your or their free vision for themselves, their open yeah. vision. Well, it's so interesting. I, you know, and I think about it, it's funny. And I saw your sweatshirt, which was Wesley, and I grew up in the East Coast in, in Boston and outside of Boston. And you know, this this ties in, but right in the mecca of all the universities. I mean, I literally, you know, was right by Boston College and Harvard and Tufts, all those schools, and. I think college is very important. I went to one, I got my master's degree. However, being in the entrepreneurial space, I got to say that I have so many dear friends who, who didn't go and who've done very, you know, amazing things in their life and are, and are successful and happy. Um, and so while I'm not a proponent of necessarily not going for higher education, I also know that, you know, if you stay open, there are other paths. And so it feels a little funny to say this because I was raised in such a highly intellectual place and family, not so much my family, but certainly my former husband's family is like, you go to college. And I, I just, I feel like what I, what I think I'm hopefully transmitting to my children is to follow your, your inner wisdom, to follow your heart uh, guidance, like follow that because it won't, it won't lead you astray. And if it tells you, if it really tells you like, Hey, Maybe it's not for you to go to college. Maybe you take a few years off. Maybe you travel. Maybe you work with a nonprofit. Whatever it is, I, I just, I think for me, what's important is to share and to teach. You know, I don't have all the answers for them, but they do. Each of them has those answers, and with that openness and open mind, open heart, they will know it. And so it's a little bit of a a, a shift from what I was raised with, which is, of course, you go to college. And so valuable for people to hear, especially if they're dreaming yeah. or dreading op this openness stage and and knowing that things are not th the way they had to be or, or a particular path that we thought we had to follow but yeah. allowing them to be open to it at a younger age and tap that how do you actually help them tap that now that you're working with i actually will say that i took your intuition test and i yeah. urge all of you to go online to julierisler.com it'll be in the notes and we'll say it a few times and take the intuition test and, and I'm a vessel, and all the different intuitive types are so interesting. So how do you help your kids? And, and then you could also talk about how you navigate your life and transitions through these, through your intuition would be interesting. Yeah, you know, I have, <laughs> of course, as it has it, my, my two children are like, um, you know, they're, they always, they often laugh like, oh, mom, you're so spiritual. Oh, mom, like, there you go. I'm and sure we I, all hear, all hear that, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> if we're spiritual. I, just, I know. You're so weird. Like, I know that I'm not the typical parent in the, in the kind of realm that they're being raised and that's fine. You know, I think it's really actually great to have uh, different styles. And to me, it's seeding. It's, it's seeding uh, in, in a garden, you know, you're, I'm planting seeds. And so I know that there are seeds going in now. And they may not blossom or, you know, grow for another couple of years. But 
I, you know, I remember walking with my daughter and just talking about there was um, a boy that she liked and she was on the phone and her father got upset. And, and I was like, you know, this is normal. Like, it's okay. And I trust you and I trust your intuition. And she was telling me about him and I said, oh, he sounds like such a, sounds like a sweetheart. Like, good for you to really bring in someone who's so kind. And I said, keep, you know, I'll say things like, keep trusting that, trust yourself, trust your inner knowing. And I said, if you don't feel that way, or you ever feel like that's not somebody for you, trust that too. And so I try to, you know, say it in moments where there's actually some sort of listening. Um, my son, who is like, you know, more of the scientific mind, you know, will will often challenge that, but that's okay. I, I try to you know, I try to affirm what I'm seeing when it's related to like, you know, trusting yourself, listening to yourself. I just try to be a mirror for that. And I think sometimes it's really, you know, not listened to and that's fine. But I look at it as like, this is a long-term investment. You know what I mean? Like you don't check. Well, don't well, just to give you some hope on that front, my third child is also a very science and give me the facts, mom. Give me the facts, mom. Stop with your woo-woo, mom. Stuff. Yeah. And growing up, it was we clashed heads because he also had to be right. And, and I just eventually started letting go. And I realized that all those seeds I planted and doing my, my master's in consciousness, he ended up on his own. He's a very right and left brain kid. And when he finally went away and got some maturity under him, he started coming back, having these discussions about metaphysics and philosophy with me and really deeply listening to how I live my life so differently than how he ever thought so. So I think the seeds are a beautiful way to say that's how we commute. That's how we can create these open spirits of your way is your way. I trust that you'll find your way. And I love that you've conveyed that because I think it's really important for people during this transition stage to have that faith in themselves and in their children. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and there's religion and there's all kinds of ways that we have dogma and and not all bad or good, but, you know, I know for them having a pretty extensive religious, you know, community around them, um, there's some of that, there's surely some of that, the questioning and asking, you know, yourself, there's not always um, probably from the same frame I'm coming from. And so I just feel like it's, it's really important. It's important to me for them to get the bottom of it all. You know, they have this inner spark of divinity, this inner knowing, this inner wisdom, um, and they don't have to go elsewhere to find that. It's actually, we all have it. So, you know, that's kind of my hopefully gift, I hope, to them that will eventually blossom. And I love hearing about your son. That makes like the idea of, you know, my, my son does love, it's funny when we find shows on Gaia that has the science and the physics, but starts getting into quantum physics, he likes those shows. And so those are the kinds of things I'll watch with him. And I'm like, yay. Cause I, I, you know, for me, that's what we did. Heart math Institute stuff. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah a little bit into, yeah. I love heart math. Um, I just, for me, it's the knowing I, I know these, it feels you know, aligned when I see these programs on, you know, the different densities and dimensions and heart intelligence and the unified field. I'm like, of course, but I get, it's helpful to have from, you know, my son who loves the science of it. It's helpful to see that and get that, which is fine. I'm so, I'm so glad. So any surprises along the way? I mean, they're always surprises. So with, with this transition time, when you actually, I think you have a new partner now, and how that's going with with older kids that's always in us for us to understand that there are changes and how do we navigate changes so how do you do that personally before we even start talking about your work which i want to get into too yeah i'm very luckily um we've been married for a few years now he's um 
I just found someone who's super open-minded, supportive. He actually has, we have, I have a stepdaughter with special needs and that's been very interesting because she'll probably, you know, be dependent in part of the picture. Like, you know, I don't know what that would come under meaning. Um, it won't ever fully be an empty nest. Um, yet it's, it's being open to really, we all have different ways of expressing the world. It's been a great lesson for me in a wonderful way. Like, you know, this, she's 15, you know, and just always is in a state of kind of wonderment. Right. And so just navigating, I think having a partner that is just really a great fit and having different children with different needs has certainly been, I mean, it's just been like really pretty incredible opportunity. Not, not always easy because we, you know, being at home, homeschooling for everybody, um, just figuring out how to make that work. But I think we've gotten that down. And one thing I've seen, I just, you know, we know that as human beings, we're, we're, ener we're energy. And I think, you know, I'm grateful, even though um, we come from different backgrounds and different experiences, it's just energetically, there is such a good fit there. It's like, I can see you know, how everything else kind of falls into it, its alignment in place. And so I'm just a big believer of like trusting that. That's helped a lot. I think as we've gone through this last year, just all of us at home today, all of us at home. And, you know, I have the fan on right now so that you can't hear the other noise going on. And that's fine. That's like what it is. That's life. If you like this episode, you would love a couple of other episodes of The Open Nesters. Episode 7, Following the Yes, with Joy Okoye, and episode number 12, The Language of the Soul, with Laura Campbell. And rather than, I think for me, sometimes feeling as a highly sensitive empath, sometimes it can be like noise or, you know, others around me, even though I'm somewhat extroverted, I need a lot of recharging and alone time. So that's been, you know, just looking at how to be, um, make sure I'm taking care of myself, but also be part of this bigger system, blended system has been really interesting. It's been a great learning for me. Such a beautiful way to frame it. It give us an overview of, of just yeah. the, the surprises, the openness to not knowing that you'll have a, 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 an empty nest in any a particular way, because you're going to define your lives and grow it together yeah. and figure it out. So I love all of that. So I want to yeah. ask you how you nurture yourself first with the wisdom of your body. So when you said you would nurture yourself, how do you do that for yourself first? Yeah, a lot of this has been learning what does not work. I, I guess the, you could say it's a, the benefit of starting out is I kind of think of myself as a you know recovering food addict, addict of just looking for ways to not feel. This is where I used to be, and so. I learned very, very quickly what works, you know, physically nourishment wise um, with food. And I've learned with the health crisis breakdown that I had, you know, the imperative for me, um, self-care, I call it sacred self-care, what, what that means, which is, you know, the meditation for me, I know it's non-negotiable, enough sleep. It, it's so funny. It's so non-sexy, these things, but it's so important. And, you know, for my body, for example, I've just learned, um, plant-based, mainly plants and fruits. That's it. Like really, that's my, I always joke like, wow, you really just like <laughs> very high vibrational mother earth foods, I guess. Um, and it's, it's been, how do you deal with that? If you have cravings or you're finished with all the cravings and you don't need to have any of the junk food or the fats or the anything fun anymore. Tell me about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. This has been a journey. I don't even know how to explain it because I've 
you know, to come from some place where I used to, you know, binge and sugar and ch- I mean, all of that was like my staple. Um, it's been nine years now with this autoimmune condition, which I'm in the process of healing and I'm working with um, just an amazing healing team. And I already knew intuitively, I was like, I could hear, I could feel it. Like I just, what I mainly love and crave is fruit and then vegetables and then some other, you know, nuts and seeds and things like that. But when I tune in and it might be as I'm healing, that's really, um, there's a lot of reasons why actually if doing the research, I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. That's actually highly alkaline and our bodies when they're in an alkaline state can heal because there's not over amount of acid. But I knew this intuitively. I knew a year ago, um, I used to eat meat and I, I, I heard it. It was like, you cannot digest chicken right now. And I worked with a um, specialist and a medical intuitive. And she's like, you're not digesting chicken. I was like, I know. I know. I don't know why I know that. I had that with eggs. I just started feeling it. Things were too heated. I don't know how to explain it. I think part of it is just doing this work around intuition. So today I can intuit literally before I put it in my body, I can feel if I'm leaning forward or leaning away, is it, I can feel it in my body, how it will react. And so that's been a gift is I just know. And now do I always follow it? No, no, I'm not, not all the time, but mostly today I do because I feel so lousy when I eat things that don't feel good um, at this point. So I can just tune in intuitively and I have learned for myself, you know, like certain amounts of movement, but it can't be, you know, it can't be that like hit method, like hardcore kind of working out. I used to do that. My adrenals, my body doesn't like that. So I've just learned and I've kind of kept notes. It's like being a field researcher and I'm like, all right, you know, we're mind, body, soul, it's all integrated, but like it's, I see it as my my, you know, sacred obligation to kind of take care of her in the best way I can. So it's just shifted. It doesn't feel like deprivation. It feels like, you know, love, loving kindness. It, it feels like it. And I hear it in you. It's, it's a, I mean, your yeah. school of sacredology is such a cool concept because that is what I'm sure you you teach and you help people in groups. So I'd love you to speak about that a little bit. I, before we do again, how does sexuality and that part of yourself also relate to yourself nurturing as a woman? Yeah, it's a great question. I have been so um, inspired in this realm by by Regina Tomhauser, Mama Gina. I was at one of her programs, read her book, Pussy, had her on my podcast. And like, I just remember reading that and was like, I knew this, like, where has the matriarchal feminine energy been? It's been hiding for thousands of years. And you know, I think I started to wake up to this um, when I literally woke up in the middle of the night and was like, I am not okay in this relationship anymore. This was about 12 years ago. And I think it was part of my own, my inner wisdom. I think it was my sacral chakra, which is sensuality, sexuality. Like it was just not, um, it, it was like speaking through me. And so, you know, connecting to sensual and sexual energy, I think of sensuality, I mean, the sacred, I'll, well, I'm wearing, I have a ring with a citrine. It's an orange stone. It's my birthstone. And I, orange to me, it's also connected to that sacral. And it's, it's really about tapping into our, that energy. And so for me, it's, it shows up as creativity. It shows up for, as dancing. It shows up as 
intimacy, but not just with my husband being intimate with, you know, my own self and not always just sexually like intimate with my feelings. It's like intimacy into me. I see, um, which I love that into me. I see. I love that too. Actually from my mentor in my, that I did my, my uh, master's in consciousness and sexuality studies under Dr. Tammy Nelson. And I do want to give her credit because she did come up with that intimacy of originally. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I got it in a 12 step program about 20 years ago. And I was like, yep, I yeah. need some help in there. But yeah, I, um, exactly that whole connection to myself. And I think, um, the deserving, the worthiness, and I think healthy sexuality, however, that's defined for me. Um, it's, it is really important. It's a life force. You know, it's just like, um, I, I look at it in the same way I would, you know, exercise or move or dance or take a bath or meditate. Like it's a high frequency, it's, it's a really powerful life force. And so tapping into that unapologetically, comfortably. Expressing uh, your needs ex- because you know them right. because you've spent time learning about your own sensual yeah. embodiment and womanhood. And I, yeah. and I encourage women at all ages. I think we spend so much time on this planet looking at all the isms and all the racisms and ageisms in particular as we get older and we think that that's an that's not an option and here we are as we grow i think we're becoming more of who we're meant to be and sexuality and intimacy is such a deep part of it so i i I always urge people to not give that up as they get older which i hear too much of i hear too much too many women giving that up yeah i just i think of it as like to me, it's like a fine wine. Like you get to know the, the, it feels like with each year I know myself more and more. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just really grateful. I'm with, you know, a partner who is super loving and open and supportive. And I, you know, I'm fully, I think part of me, this 12, this transformation has been to be fully self-expressed. I think what we're really talking about is self-expression. And so I am grateful because that, you know, that self-expression is full there, is fully there intimately, sexually, sensually. Um, I try to be that way everywhere. Today, it's kind of like the vow I need to myself when I realized I was doing life kind of, you know, in this closet um, of being, you know, spiritually in a closet, being in the, cl- just in all areas, stifling my voice, which I, you know, I created. Um, but for me being open and expressive in all ways, and so sexual energy, which we know is one of, if not the most powerful life force energy, um, and owning that, um, I'm just, I'm all for it. However that shows up for anyone listening, like whoever you're with or yourself, if you're with yourself or multiple people or multiple genders, or it's like, to me, it, it's like, we all have that inner knowing and it's just about tuning into it. I think, I think it's, it, my, my sense is it keeps growing until we're not in this planet anymore. We transition. So I don't, for me, I don't see that like ending. I would not be happy to hear that. You no, know. it keeps us vital. Actually, I, I there was one of the yeah. one of the uh, one of the authors I studied under had said most people talk about coming into their sexual peaks at like you know men will say if in an audience oh it's like eighteen or twenty and women will say thirties and there's always a woman in the back of the room that says like seventy is the best. Oh my God. So bring on 70. I mean, that's what yeah. I just want to say. <laughs> yeah, well, I agree. And it's also, I think one of the things I just, I was listening to, um, oh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I love those books. I was in the third one. I've listened before and I was listening again. And it's like, just talking about the act, like sexuality and how it's just, it's such a, it's such a 
spiritual connection. There's so, there's so much more to it than I think we may even understand. I don't know. For me, um, I see it as 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 something that um, it's a divine birthright. We all have that you know that birthright, and so um, yeah, no, it's it's an important piece. Well, the Eastern philosophy did call us the this, the whole vaginal, the vagina, the pussy, the pearl. The, this this opening of of that brings in beautiful creation to life, as well as the creation of of souls in such ways that I don't I don't understand how we can ever have become where we are today. So I. We urge people to break programming and, and all the different stigmas that they've created around this crazy media society that's on one hand the paradox of hyped sex and then there's no talk of real sexuality. Yeah. So bringing that into the open, I'm so glad that's part of your... So talk about that sacred part and who you work with most, women, men, couples, and how you work with them and how that's working. I, I, want, I want our audience to hear. Yeah, I call them... I, I Mainly women, but I've had men too, usually the big hearted kind of high achiever change maker types that are often awakening, waking up to something more, you know, many of the, um, the beautiful souls I've been able to work with and do work with are just really waking up to who they are. And it's like, uh, what, what am I doing? Where am I? What am I doing? Like I, I, there's more here. There's more to me. There's more to, I have a calling. There's more ways that I want to express in the world. You know, oftentimes, um, I often hear like things are fine and I'm always like, well, I don't know about you. There's no way I signed up for this life for things to be just fine. Like that is not the word I came in. Oh man. <laughs> like I'm not, that's, that did not come here to do fine. Like that doesn't really sound like a reason out of, you know, what's the statistics? One in 14 trillion chances of being born. Like fine is not in that, that uh -uh. crazy uh, statistics. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, spiritual, highly sensitive entrepreneurs. Um, not everyone is an entrepreneur. I've worked with many that are, um, you know, even entrepreneurial mindset, which can be just wanting to do things in their own unique way, whether it's reinventors, inventors, reinvention, yeah. reimagining, yeah. just those things are part of an entrepreneurial spirit, regardless of whether you've actualized it in business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I've, I'm very grateful. I mean, it's funny. I did a, a master's degree in coaching years ago before it was anything of what it is now. And I had started using the term uh, life designer. I was like, it feels even more than coaching because it's inside out, you know, everything on the outside is reflecting in our world. And so, um, I feel like for, for me, it's helping people to really design their, the life of what is aligned with their heart and their calling. Um, they're USD, they're MSME, me, whatever you want to call that. And and that is um it's been a gift. I mean, thank God I did thank God I did leap and and take the jump um and jumped, you know, seven years ago because it's been really, really rewarding and powerful. And you want to tell us some of the stories that, that you've seen for people where you've seen that impact and particularly if you know that they also had kids, like we talked about, that are open nester stage, that the children are, you know, they maybe have redefining themselves again at yeah. what I like to call act three, this new stage after having yeah. been single, then single, perhaps married, then raising kids and investing so much, and then considering the kids becoming more independent and how we can then us be a role model for the fullest life we can live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different, I'm, I'm just thinking, I, I have a coaching um, certification program and this is kind of interesting. I've had the first uh, cohort, we had quite a few moms and there are some close to empty nest, others not, but I'm thinking of two in particular who um, one left her, 
her corporate day job as a CPA, I mean, not with numbers and realized she really wants to do work all about finances and self-worth. And I gave her, I'm just giving her so much credit because, you know, this was not in the path, right? With three kids and to leave her job and start her own business. Um, she did the coaching program with me and I've been working with her on creating her practice, her business. And she is like a different person energetically because she's following what her heart's calling her to do. And another woman, um, you know, who's got a high up corporate job and, and I never tell people like, Hey, you should leave. It's just, I think what happens is when you start to find, you know, something that really lights you up, it's, you can't contain it. And so she and her husband, he's now going through my coaching program. They're going to be working together, really helping couples from all over the world, um, to reconnect, to connect back to their heart wisdom. Those are two examples, but I've coached many people that, oh my gosh, just, it's like, I think what I keep seeing is when you start to get your in your own way and what it is that is like, it's like the echo of the past and you start to see it like, oh, those thoughts, those stories are echoes. They're not real. And you start to learn to tune in and to trust and you start getting evidence and, and seeing, oh my gosh, things are shifting. I had a wonderful, oh my God, one of my favorite clients who, you know, for her, um, just stepping into her brilliance, starting a podcast starting her her meditations on insight timer her podcast was like top 10 i think the first week i was really crazy like she just it just blossomed and getting to work with her um has been you know just one of many but to see people get unencumbered by those by the programming by the stories by whatever's been there's nothing that feels better because you know i know from my own work i would have i mean i would not be here today I wouldn't be here at all if I had not trusted that and listened to that inner wisdom in me. I would, I mean, I'm not sure I'd be alive, to be honest. I was really in a bad space energetically, um, but I certainly wouldn't be self-express. And I just know, like, I, I, I don't want that for anybody else. So, yeah. Hey, do us a favor. Please take less than a minute and respond anonymously to our survey so we can refine the Open Nesters podcast. You will find the survey under the Open Nesting tab on our main menu, where you can also find fabulous and robust list of resources, including related podcasts, articles, and books to enrich your Act 3. So please visit our website, theopennesters.com. That's theopennesters, double N in the middle, and plural, theopennesters.com. Can, can you actually go to that breakdown point? I mean, sure. to oh, just yeah. tell us what, how, so that somebody can feel that in that story for yourself yeah. or for someone else. Yes. Yeah. I, um, again, this is a lot of why I teach intuition. I've always been highly, highly intuitive and, you know, didn't know how to handle that and blocked it, um, blocked it with food, which is very typical for empaths. And for those that are highly sensitive, um, is to block it usually with addictive substances like alcohol or drugs or, sometimes sex or, you know, food, something that but food certainly kind of blocked the emotions. And I had really, I think in being in that space of overeating and binging and, you know, the craziness of that for so long, once I started to get um, recovery and support and transformation around putting food down and really getting, oh my gosh, this is, this is really me not wanting to feel what I wanted to feel you know, realizing I had married someone who's a really good person, but I had known intuitively that that did not fully feel aligned. Not just, 
just in a lot of different ways. And I pushed that down. And it, you know, I think doing that work on myself, it's like you peel the onion. I mean, I woke up in a full panic attack. My kids, I had two kids under the age of two when this happened. So you can imagine it's really beyond stressful. I already was like taxed in my adrenals, but yeah, I woke up, I thought I was having a heart attack and wow. my body, I heard there was a full moon above my bedroom window. And I remember waking up and I just heard this inner voice that was like, you are not okay here. You're just not okay here anymore. And I had to sit with that. I was like, what the hell does that mean? What do you mean? I I'd shoved it down and I thought, okay. And I heard you're in the closet with something. And I'm like, oh, maybe I thought about it. I'm like, maybe I'm, I'm gay. I don't know. I'll think I like went through that and, you know, maybe that didn't, I didn't really feel like that was it, even though I have a ton of gay friends, like it could have been, but I did, I was like, no, that's not it. And, and then I just, it hit me. I'm like, oh no, I'm not okay in this relationship. Like I can't be here anymore. This is not right for me energetically. Um, different philosophy and religion on lifestyle, a lot of these things that, that were not me. And, um, you know, to, to finally, when I finally came to terms with that, this was like, I woke up at three thirty three in the morning and I was probably like five in the morning when I was just sitting sweating. I thought I was dying. I literally did. And I, I had this sense of grace and peace when I really got down to it. I'm like, Oh, I can't be here. Okay. And I remember telling, you know, my former husband at the time, and was, it was really one of the hardest things I've ever done was to say, you know, something's not right here for me. And that led to a very challenging next year and a half. Um, but it never wavered. And it's one of the reasons I teach intuition is because it was so clear and it was very, um, it wasn't yelling. It wasn't this inner wisdom was just so it was, you couldn't deny, I couldn't deny it. And it was actually a coach that helped change my life, which is partly why I got into it. Who had asked me, cause I was freaking out. I mean, in this family system and, you know, kind of more conservative part of the religion. It was like, you don't get divorced I and mean, you just don't. And I asked, we were, I remember he was coaching me and he said, Julie, you know, you, I know you've been struggling with this, but what if you knew your life would be wonderful either way, if you got stayed married or you got divorced, like what, what would you choose? And I had never, ever even considered there might be like the possibility that I'd be okay and life would be okay. And I was like, oh, I don't want to stay married. It was so clear, so obvious. And it was that moment I'm like, oh, I can't pretend anymore. I can't do this, like wearing a mask. I can't. And um, that was one of the harder things I've ever done in my life. I will say almost nothing else compares to that. Probably childbirth was easier than that. I can imagine. I mean, I can't imagine. I didn't go through, but I feel how you, you had this sense for yourself to be strong, to go through this uncertainty and jump. Yeah. And I wonder that that's what we live with all the time. And during these uncertain times, for the tuning in to be such an essential tool. So tell us a little bit about the intuition tool and any t any other tips that you may want to give somebody yeah. as we wind down, just to start thinking for themselves out there about their intuition through maybe the yeah. four vessels or however you want to frame it. The yeah. Four styles. Well, I think the one quick thing to say is sometimes, you know, we avoid tuning in because it can be scary. Um, it takes courage. So you know, having the aftermath with, I mean, his family blessed them was very challenging. They, they, you know, supported him. They're, they're loving, great people, but I got it. I was like, I understand why you're upset with me. It was so sometimes I think what I need to just say is that, 
your intuition is always going to guide you, I believe, for your highest good. Um, sometimes those inner knowings or intuition is going to give you information that while it's for your highest good is not always easy or digestible. And so first of all, it's why I say don't do this alone. Find friends, family, sacred accountability partners is what I call it. People that you can like tune into with around this. So it's important to know that, but I do, I believe in a, a life powered by intuition and recently interviewed um, Dr. Roland McCready, the head scientist of HeartMath, become friendly with some of the, the team there and talked about intuition is really, um, there's science behind it. It enters in your heart first, heart intelligence, and then it moves throughout your body to your, your brain, your gut. So we have this access to you know, intelligence that is, I believe, in that field around us and within us, um, a really simple tool, to a really great way to do this. I have a couple really simple, quick things I can share that are helpful. Um, one thing to just start with right now is to, food is a great place to start. Go downstairs or go to your kitchen, go pull out a bunch of things. Now, notice what your head's gonna tell you, right? So today, my kids, snow day, they got pizza. I could not eat that, that would hurt my body. I know that, unfortunately. Um, and so my head was like, I want that pizza. I wish I could have that. I got to tell you, as I watched my husband order it, I like leaned back. I was like, I can't do that. Like, that's not going to work. So notice, are you leaning forward towards that food? Or are you leaning away? Like notice your body. It's also similar to muscle testing, but you can do this yourself and you just go and, and like hold a fresh papaya. When I hold the papaya, it's like, I literally want to eat it right away. Like it's just versus pizza, which looks awesome. My body's like, please do not like abort. Please don't put that in me. So <laughs> practice this, practice this. And even what, like hot, cold, I've heard that kind of intuition thing. Like what's yeah. warm for me? What's feeling cold for me? Like yes. we're not always in tune with the kind of ways our body responds. Look forward yes. or back or is it, is it, does it feel good? Or Doyle, yes. Glenn Doyle talks about the hot, cold thing and untamed, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> the hot, cold. Yes, I've read that. I love it. Yeah. The other thing to do is your vocal, your toning, your um, voice. So I have a notice the sounds when I'm into something or I'm in agreement. I make a sound like hmm, mm -hmm, like I can hear that. There's another sound I make when I'm not or I don't make any kind of agreeing sound. So tune into if you're verbal or vocal, it might be a verbal, a vocal sound. Um, notice your body, just, you know, there's clues everywhere. We just got to pay attention, but everyone has this some way, shape or form. The other thing to do is to do a little tracking, go and look in your past. And I would just write a little list. When did you ever have a strong knowing sense, vision, image, hearing something? Um, and you did listen to it and then write what happened. And then I want you to go back and the ones where you did not listen. So you start doing this evidence research yourself. The, just watch and see what happens. The last tip is actually something I've been doing for a long time, but is also a um, heart math technique. They call it the freeze frame. I used to just call it intuitive journaling, which is, you know, you're dealing with a situation or a question or you're uncertain about something. Dump everything down that's in your mind about it, your brain, brain dump it. Pause, take a few breaths, try to get into a little bit of a different vibrational state of calm and ask your heart or ask your inner knowing and write that down without editing. I have, it is unreal. It's the difference is like, I wish they taught this in kindergarten because- You're talking about on paper at first and at paper afterwards. It could be in the same place. Yeah. 
Or could it be vocally to somebody if you're very vocal to dump brain dump yeah. my 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 head voice yeah. and then try to listen to my heart and write to myself. The writing yeah. is always essential more than the talking, right? I mean, what do you say about verbal? Well, or, yeah, or- I'm I'm with you. I'm very verbal. And I would say either or, or or and. So if you're verbal, find somebody or do it in a little memo, voice memo and just write, you know, speak it out, all the concerns in your head and then ask your heart ask your inner knowing and then share it or with somebody else and then play it back what you're hearing um, or what you're writing. And it's just, I've never not had this work. It is so powerful. So, you know, I'm just a big fan of like, go do this because you, we each have these treasure boxes literally in ourselves that are encoded. And um, I think we've, I think it's changing, but to me, it's like, no, you know, we're meant to be sovereign free, express beings like hello and i'm just a fan of like any way any of us can be attuned to our own what's best for us then it's less of the like i'm a lemic following everything else because that's what i'm told to do versus no my body actually is telling me this and i'm going to listen it's very different it's, it's much more empowering to me when you're coming from this the place. real listening it's that deep listening to ourselves and yeah. I think that we have more quiet, I hope, for many open nesters, that this is a time they can explore that. Yeah. And so that's why I like to call it Act 3, because then we start writing our lives. We're writing this chapter that we want to be our fullest life, based on what our bodies and our souls are telling us. Yes. So I love that you're bringing this forward in such a really clear way. Really clear. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to go back with what you were saying with sensuality and sexuality, do the same thing with your body. What is your body saying to you? Is it, you know, I know for me, I'm highly sensitive and sensual. So like having a lot of different things that are activating senses are really important. Like if I could, I would have all lighting on, you know, the dimmers and I would have flowers everywhere and I would have essential oils everywhere and I would have candles and I would have certain music in certain rooms. Like I, that's legit how I operate. So having those different senses being in tune with your body, it's like a gift to you and your, your own expression. And so I think using your intuition too, your inner knowing around what feels right. And then being comfortable to express that if you have a partner, partners or doing that yourself. Thank you. This is such wonderful, good stuff. So within this kind of school of sacredology, or what's a good entry level for someone who wants to get in touch with you or wants to start working in this style and wants to support? What's one, some of the things you recommend for through you? Yeah, the school of sacredology, it's funny, that came to me through a complete intuitive uh I don't know what to call it, download about a year or so ago, crazy, amazing story. I will spare the details, but what we do is it's a really sacred, safe space. We meet twice uh, biweekly. Um, I do both, everything is around heart intelligence, learning to trust your intuition. The whole point is in community, um, we boost our unity and immunity. So it's all community-based. I lead, um, every other session is based on tuning into intuition. I do intuitive messages and then every other um, session I bring in master classes. I bring in healers, leaders, luminaries, people like, you know, um, Debbie Rosman is the CEO of HeartMath and Dr. Rollin McCready and others that are coming in and teaching how to do this um, from an all different kind of an integrative um, approach. Someone who, Nancy Levin on boundaries. I mean, the point is just to help if that, if you would like support, you know, around how do I start trusting and listening to my inner wisdom and knowing that I can live from there, this is definitely 
a wonderful community to do that. And we always, anyone that comes in is welcomed with open arms and open heart. And um, that's that's always a great, a great place to get started. And of course, if anyone wants to connect further, I'm always, I love, I love, I love people and I love connecting about anything in this realm. So they can reach out anytime. And so relatable. Thank you, Julie Reisler, R-E-I-S-L-E-R.com. So anything else that you'd like to leave us or any other resources or things that are kind of unsaid yet that you'd like to sum up with? I love that question. Thank you for asking it. It's so funny. I usually ask that on my podcast and I'm like, oh, it's lovely to be asked that. Like I did have, well, one other thing, if, um, if, if someone is interested in wants a way to really tune into their inner wisdom and body. And I really think, you know, to me, the the base of it is love, self-love. I do have a ton of free meditations, um, a seven-day self-love meditation. I have meditations on on connecting to your heart, on abundance and manifestation, all of these different topics on overcoming food addiction. And they're all on Insight Timer, which is one of my favorite platforms um it's a mindfulness app and it's all free so if we you love inside at- timer look up julie reisler there and yeah. also your podcast is called julie right no it's under it's under your the website USU. the, the USU. usu to look yes. up her podcast she has great guests on there too so i Thank want to make you. sure that you have people there as well so this has been a real pleasure for me i'm so happy we Aww. connected and and i look forward to staying in touch as we all open up in different ways Well, thank you so much. I think this conversation is so needed, especially right now. And anything that's going to promote more openness, I don't know what's more important. We all um, just to have that, that like permission and, and inspiration to be open hearted, open minded, and to really live into our fullest selves. And I don't think there's anything more important. So thank you. This is awesome. That was certainly a very informative and inspiring interview. Let's say you've done an incredible job with it. And I'm really proud of uh, the the interview skills that you've got. You know, I I don't want to minimize it, but, uh, you know, intuition sometimes get a bad rap. It's almost like a myth. But Julie actually is a practitioner of the intuition. She's aware that she has it and she can activate it wherever she needs it. And she's really helping others, which is the best part of this. And I so enjoyed the idea that we have to do our own intuitive, evidence-based research to get back into where our bodies, what is our fullest life that our bodies and souls are telling us to lead. And I don't think there's a more important time than doing that than in Act 3, to really activate our intuition and and understand our, our own inner knowing. And she gives us so many, you know, great tips, even about how our bodies lean into things. So I, right. I hope, I hope you right. all go to her website and yeah. look into the School of Sacred. Yeah, and, and it's it's not only that; it's also the the fact that we have to listen to ourselves. We talk about she spoke about deep listening to ourselves, and you know, we don't do that enough, unfortunately. And sometimes we find ourselves in places we don't want to be, and we say, "Well, how did we get here?" But we need to listen to ourselves. It's a so, practice. It's a practice. Like everything else. Like everything else, it's a practice. So I hope uh, you enjoyed that. And if you uh, like to hear more episodes of The Open Nesters, you can go to our website, that theopennesters.com. That's double N in the middle, dot com, where you can find some incredible resources. Uh, you can leave us a comment. Let us know what exactly you like to hear from us. Hey, 
You know, we also have a survey we'd like to to take and participate with so we can refine our um, podcast for you and as much as we can. Us. Please join us also on our Facebook page. We'd love to have your comments about this this episode and others and where you are in Act 3 because we do want to hear from you. And we thank you for being our listeners because the show is yeah. becoming, we're getting great feedback and we just really want to thank yeah. you because we couldn't do it without exactly. our listeners. All of our listeners, we want to thank you for making this podcast a real great success. So we thank you. And until next time, I'm Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we will see you on the radio. Ciao.